It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And Jack Coglin. And welcome to another episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Today, we're joined by a very special guest. Um, he had a career year last year, looking for another great year next season. Clippers guard, Terrence Mann, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, you're in Massachusetts right now. Is that where you're usually at during the offseason, like when you train? Um, no, I'm normally in L.A., but I'm actually here because um, me and my friends are running a money tournament. And, oh, okay. So we also have my camp next week. Okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. Yeah, because a lot of people go home and stuff uh, during the offseason, so it can be pretty long. So I know they travel yeah. anywhere. But um, first thing I wanted to ask you is uh, it's the offseason right now. What's your typical offseason regimen, and what are some aspects you want to improve uh, the most for next season in your game? Um, so my typical offseason regimen is – a day, I would just go through a day in the life of me. You know, I'd probably wake up um, around eight or nine, head to the facility, um, get a lift in with the with the with the lifting crew, get some treatment, and then I'll get an on court workout with uh, you know whatever whoever coaches I'm working with that day. Uh, you know, basically working on a whole bunch of different things. This year we're working on a lot of post touches, uh, just so when I'm in transition, just to be able to back my guy down instead of dribbling up, dribbling it out. So a lot of post touches, um, a lot more shooting we're working on. And then after that, I take a little break and then I head to a gym in Santa Monica with my personal trainer at 1.30. And we do more on-court stuff, um, just working on, you know, different stuff so off the dribble, off the shot, mid-range, all that stuff, just sharpening my tools. And then I'm kind of done for the day after that, just relax, probably get some more treatment after that and chill out. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then on to the next one. So you've been at Paul George's youth camp and gone to Europe and hosted your own camp. So how has it been being like a mentor at the youth camps that you've actually hosted and, and attended those camps at the same time? Like, how has that been? Yeah, it's been it's been a cool process to be able to, um, you know, influence the younger group. Um, you kind of see what they're all about, because I feel like I was disconnected with the younger group for a long time, just being focused on my own game and myself and not really tapping in with them. So. Uh, to be able to really tap in over the past couple of years has been real cool. And just to see how much they appreciate the game, especially the groups coming up now, you know, there's a lot of talent coming up. So just being able to give them, you know, a lot of different pointers and, you know, talk them through stuff, teach them the game, answer all the questions that they ask has been real fun. Yeah. It, it's cool that you're being a mentor and like a big brother to like um, the youth uh, that's coming up in the game. I want to know what was it like being mentored in the NBA by guys like, Lou Will, Pat Bev, uh, Kawhi, and PG. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a lot of different personalities there that you just named. So, you know, I, I learned a lot from them, especially, you know, off the court. Um, you know, they taught me a lot. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be in the position I am in today. I mean, those guys instilled so much confidence in me and in my game uh, throughout my rookie year, my second year there that, that I can't imagine, you know, anyone getting from anywhere else, you know, it's just a unique group. I mean, the guys you name 
I don't know how many other teams have guys like that. You know, Pat Bev, Lou Will, Kawhi, PG, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum. Like, I don't know how many rookies and second-year players are ever in position to be on teams like that. So um, I'm very fortunate from it, and I learned so much from those guys. You know, they taught me the ropes, and I feel like it's my job to teach, you know, the next guys coming up the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe – uh, your rookie year, they had you shoot with Kawhi and PG. Is that right? Uh, when you'd be at their basket? Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of the time I would just go over there by myself and, you know, watch them. I watched them a lot more than I did shoot with them uh, just to be able to see, you know, how they worked, what their work ethic was like, and just to build, you know, respect by watching. And that's basically what I did my whole rookie year was being able to watch and see what I needed to take from, you know, every person, little things from each person to implement it into my either off-season regiment or my workouts. Are there any, like, specific things that, like, have really stuck with you from either, like, any of the vets you mentioned, like Kawhi or anyone like that, any specific things they told you or taught you that have really, really stuck with you? Um, With the specifics, um, nothing too specific. I think just, you know, watching them work out or just even, like, I can't remember all the questions I had asked them back then either. You know, I did ask a lot of questions also. Um, but yeah, just just their pace of their workouts, you know, how they how they worked is really what they taught me. So then going off of Kawhi, what's it like playing with Kawhi again, especially with John Wall added to the team, looking good, getting healthy. Like I know we're super excited for the season. So what's it like finally getting in the groove with the usual usual crew again? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be exciting. I think, you know, we had a great thing going when Kawhi had went out uh a year and a half ago, two years ago, whenever that was. Um, so, you know, we had a great thing going. I think, you know, that year we probably definitely would have went really far. Um, and, yeah, so just having him back is going to be awesome. You know, he's a he's an amazing player, obviously, that everybody knows. And he just gels with the team so well. Um, he does so many things for us. So just having him out there is just another weapon is crazy to think of. And then John Wall, you know, added to the team. Getting Nick Nick Batum back, getting Rocco back, um, you know it's just gonna it's gonna be a fun year. Something uh, to go back on you being a mentor, being mentored by people. Um, your mom was uh, is clearly one of your mentors. She's a professional basketball coach. Um, what are some things she ingrained into your game when you first started to play? Because I noticed that um, you'll do these things that it's some like coaches, players, things would do. Like you see some uh, players like they'll just like camp at the three point line, but I'll see you. Um, Cause you haven't proven as a shooter, but sometimes I'll still see you like hovering around like the doctor's spot, like uh, getting moving around, being in areas to catch the ball you're cutting whenever on a weak side uh, drive. Like what are some things that she ingrained in you that made you the player that you're today? I think um, the, one of the main things is just play my game. Um, you know, don't try to be anybody else you are. And I think that's what that's what my identity is in the NBA right now. You know, I'm not trying to be, you know, the next guy. I'm just going to go out there and play my game and do what I do and not really care what people have to say about it. So um, I think mentally, you know, she she's big on me mentally. You know, she's, she's she was able to teach me a lot of things, uh, you know, to be able to get over that hump. Um, you know, if you're having if you're not having a good game, if you're having a great game, you basically stay even keel. So. I think her role for me as a basketball player was a lot of mental. Yeah, I mean, it's 90% mental too, like they say. So it's good for her to help you with that. And then going, you know, back in time a bit to that Utah Jazz series, of course, the legendary series, 
Kawhi goes down. You know, the Clippers still win game five and six to advance to the first conference finals. We know what happened in game six, Terrence. You dropped 39 points. You went crazy that game. I was screaming at my TV the whole entire time while you were going off. What were you feeling during that game, man? Like, you were in that zone. What were you thinking of? What was what was happening? Take me through that. Um, I think I was just, and, you know, in the moment, I was just sticking to the game plan. You know, I know that I can shoot the three, um, especially catch and shoot threes. I want to say even last season, I shot over 40% catch and shoot threes. So, um, I know I can shoot the three. The Jazz didn't believe I could. And every time, you know, anybody would drive, Rudy Gobert would just help in and leave me alone. So um, I was actually going into that game. I noticed it last game, the game before that, where we won in Utah. And I knew that going into that game, I, I was going to get a lot of wide open looks. So uh, basically the, you know, the two days before that, I just prepared myself to um, knock down three. So while it was happening, I kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, so I was locked in on just catching and shooting. And yeah, that's basically what I did. You know, I was sticking to the game plan and that was the game plan. So did like Ty Lue kind of see how they were playing you guys in game five and and like tell you like, yo, you're going to get these open threes, like be ready for it. Did he like go up to you and, and let you know that that would happen beforehand? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, you can even see in the second in the second half or the fourth quarter, even in the game before that, it started to happen. Um Slow, you know, I started to get wide open looks and stuff like that. So I just knew leading into that game that it was going to happen again. And the whole coaching staff knew also. So everybody was kind of prepared for, you know, me to at least shoot 10 threes, which I did. That's amazing. And then what was like, because I know this is still kind of a while ago, but what was kind of the halftime locker room like, you know, down down by a bit in that game six? What was kind of the energy or what was Ty Luce saying? Or what, what, were the, what was the energy like in there? Um, so basically, you know, we were down like 25 or something like that, but we knew that they were a team that we were able to mentally, we, were, we knew we were mentally stronger than their team. So we knew we had, a, we were going to bring ourselves back in the game and give ourselves a chance. Um, and, you know, everybody was confident about that at halftime. And that kind of was a speech like, you know, we know what they're capable of. We know that they're going to let us back in the game. Just once we do get back in the game, stick to the game plan and do what we do. Yeah. Um, I also want, cause you said you mentioned, or you noticed in game five that this was possible for you to have this breakout game, or at least you would see the holes in your spots uh, during the game. I want to know, did that dunk over Gobert at near the end of game five kind of expedite you thinking that you would have a good game the next game? Nah, I mean, I wasn't thinking about the next game at all. Um, I think that was just a play that happened in a game that, that was just a read, man. That was a read. I felt like I had the opportunity to go up and dunk it, and I tried it, and it and it went in. So um, that was more of a read. Um, and, yeah, it, I almost forgot about it after that happened. I was just so locked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then is there something you learned um, the most about either you or your game during that playoff run, whether it was the first round or the second round or even against the Suns in the conference finals? Um, specifically about my game, nothing specific. I think that everything that had happened, I knew that I had almost. Um, but I think I, it was more for me to just tell myself you belong in the NBA and, you know, no one can tell you otherwise. Yeah. Well, what would you say was crazier? Was it the Dallas series or was it that Utah series? Because both were insane in their own way. But what, what would you say is crazier? Um, I, wanted, I don't know, man. I think the Dallas series was crazier just because of how loud it was, like how loud Luca was that whole series, how, you know, we went down 0-2 and then 
that game, I think it was game six, Kawhi had 45, was it? Mm-hmm. I never yeah. like that in my life. Like, it was the stuff he did in game six was crazy. And then that game seven was also crazy. So, I think I want to say Dallas was the, the craziest series. And it was, like, my first game seven ever playing. So, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You I, went off in that game seven, too, especially yeah. in the first half. You had, like, a huge energy run off the bench that really helped them in that game, too. Yeah, I think I had like 14 or 15 in the first half, yeah. Yeah, so you, you've come through in the, the series-clinching game, so you might have a little bit of a reputation now. But I think something that's cool that you said that Utah, like, they couldn't – you know that they would let you back in at one point. Um, I feel like you guys had the exact opposite mentality of that, especially in the Dallas series, because you go 0-2. Uh, both teams that are – or both games dropped were at home – and then game three, you're down 30 to 11 early. Like, I feel like it takes a lot. Like, you have to dig in deep. And then it's kind of something that was accumulated and built over time by Ty Lu um, yeah. for you guys to get through it. Uh, can you talk about him and how he got you guys ready for that moment? Um, I think he just, you know, was real, real positive with us throughout the whole thing. You know, it was never a negative, you know, it was never a negative word or negative saying that he that he put out towards us so I felt like we always felt like we were in a good spot um and that's what helped us throughout the whole series you know that game three we were down 30 to 11 and the bench unit came in and brought us we we brought them almost all the way back so it's all you know it was always just like you know something happened it's either the benchers or the starters the opposite unit would always you know fight back and make it happen so we we knew we had that and i think we were all confident in that and tyloo was confident and and put in the bench unit in to to help us come back mm-hmm. yeah um that that is something about him uh do you also notice um these new players that you get whether it's like roco or um norm or like isaiah that came in like do you see them like they kind of have like a different, I don't know, like when you get brought into that culture with Tyler, do you, do you see like a change in them once they join the team, and get fully acclimated to the culture? Yeah. I, th- I think it's the culture, not only Tyler created, but the, the players, like we, we, we worked really hard as a team, um, especially the core guys who've been there, you know, me, Zubak, PG, Kawhi, Reggie, Marcus, you know, Amir, the guys who've been there since Doc was there have really worked hard to make the atmosphere real, you know, friendly and making sure everybody's positive and confident in their game. And that's how you get the best out of everybody. And I know before we got Rocco, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was struggling in Portland, but you know, he wasn't playing as well as he did when he came to us. Same with Isaiah um, where he was before. Um, So just to, you know, be able to have those guys come on and fit right in was, was amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I want to move on to um, last season. Well, kind of a precursor to that was your rookie year. Uh, Doc kind of had you play, uh, I want to say, third string one. And I want to know, uh, I remember you played a little bit in summer league. And then when you got to the bubble, you had that uh, near triple double, I believe. And then once the Bledsoe trade happened, uh, you guys got Norman Rocco um, and you had to go back to the backup one. I want to know, do do you enjoy playing the one and did your rookie year kind of prepare you for that moment? Cause it was a lot more responsibility being the true backup. So um, did you enjoy it and do you feel ready for it? Um, yeah, I think, I think the rookie, my rookie year definitely um, helped me transition into a mid season change in my position last year. Um, so yeah, you know, it prepared me for it, and I was almost excited for it because I haven't been able to do that for a while, um, and I had a lot of fun doing it, you know, and my teammates, you know, had confidence in me and, you know, being the backup point guard again. So, um, yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah, I I think one – I could play any position, though. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could play – That's true. Point guard, I could play center. It doesn't matter. I, I know the whole offense in and out. Um and, you know, the coaches know that, so it doesn't matter where I'm at. Right. I, and that's I, great for the Clippers, too, because they just – Clippers just go small ball, one through five, play any position. So, it's literally, that's, that's their goal, too, so it works out perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Going back also to last season, is there any personal highlight um, that stands out to you? I do think um, – I would say for me, for you, it's the game winner versus Brooklyn is one of your big moments – you had a game against Dallas. I remember you, I believe it was the second game you guys won when uh, Zoo was checking Luca the whole game. And then you had like a step back three, which is crazy. That game as well. And you were working off the dribble, snaking pick and roll. Like you seem super confident in that. And then you've had like games against the Lakers where you just look um, like they couldn't contain you. Is there anything last season that stood out to you? Um, specifically, I'd probably say the game winner in Brooklyn was a game sealer in Brooklyn, um, just because that's where I was born and I had a lot of family there and to be able to just do something like that in that arena with the hype that that team had was, and we also had Marcus sitting out. I believe we, I don't know if we had Reggie that game. We might've had Reggie, but I just remember, you know, second half, Eric Bledsoe going crazy. And then almost telling me before that, like, yo, you're going to be wide open, just knock it down. And then. That's exactly what happened. So I want to say that game was probably like the biggest, the best feeling for me in terms of a win. Yeah, that was a crazy game because like a bunch of the players were out too. That was during when like COVID was hitting and players were in and out. So it was kind of weird to adjust. It was it was a pretty weird year. And then of course it caps off at the end in that playing game against the Pelicans. Paul George gets COVID. And yeah. that that was unbelievable, of course. And what was that game like? Cause that's like, you know, you get game sevens and you get the playing games as the winner go homes in the NBA where it's like, it's literally do or die. What was that game like for you? And, and what was, cause I was at that game and the whole atmosphere was just crazy. Cause you guys made that huge run in the third quarter. It was a really, really fun game. Of course, couldn't get it done, but what was that game like for you? Yeah, that game, that game was pretty cool. It, was, it honestly it was a weird dynamic because, you know, we had just got Norman Powell back. Um, PG just went out, Luke just went out. So the team that we had had never played together. Like the lineup we had of me, Norman, Rocco, Reggie, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, like that was the six dudes we played. And 
that whole dynamic, like we never really played together. So it was, it, that's why it took us all the way to the third quarter to figure out like, oh, wait, you know, they can't really guard us off the dribble. Let's just drive and go lay the ball up, you know? So it was a weird dynamic. And that's why it was hard for us to win that game because we never had to play with each other like that. Um, but it was, you know, it was a cool game. I'm sure if, you know, we had PG and Reggie, I meant uh, PG and Luke Kennard, it would have been a different story. But, um, yeah, that game was pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of felt like, because when you have an NBA playoff series, it's like each game is different. But where in the playing game, it's like the whole game is like a series. Like each quarter is different. Each thing is different. There's a lot of adjustment, adjustments on the fly. Right. And then like speak, speaking of a series, I mean, got to talk about the Battle of L.A. series. The last two years, Clippers haven't lost a game against the Lakers. We're loving that, of course, being Clipper fans. But do yeah. the games against the Lakers feel different than any other games? Like does the team have like, oh, this is kind of worth a little extra bragging rights um, or do you guys kind of treat it the same? What's that mindset like? Um, we honestly treat it the same, but I know that the the fans really take, you know, big pride in it. Um, there's actually some situations where you can feel it. Like it depends on what's happening that month. So like, I want to say uh, one of the games we had played them right after all-star break. And you could feel like, you know, the rivalry tension just because it was one of the first games to start the new the second half of the all-star after all-star, you could just feel like, you know, the rivalry. So some games you can feel it. Um, some games you can't, it's just another game. Yeah. I think even, um, I believe your rookie year, um, when Kawhi first got there, the opening night. Oh yeah. Um, that game, you could feel it for sure. That was great. Yeah. I feel like you could feel like the atmosphere, like it felt like it was like palpable and then to follow it up Christmas day. And then even the, you're the opener in the bubble too. So it seems like, uh, especially that first year, it was a marquee matchup for the NBA every yeah. season. Where was it like um, weird for you, like going into it? Like it feels like every these regular season games just feel like massive. At least in your rookie year, it did feel like that? Yeah, my rookie year definitely felt every time we played them was a playoff game, and I think that's because of how much hype we had and how much hype they had. Um, it was both teams almost picked to win the championship that year. That year, so every regular season was like both teams trying to prove to each other that they were better and that they were going to win it. I feel like my favorite from this last year was definitely like the Reggie skipping up the court spin move game winner. That yeah. one was it. Twitter went crazy about that one. Now, did, did you notice him doing that up the court? That is what he does. That's nah. that's just honestly what he does. And I, <laughs> I didn't even notice it. And I came up to set the screen for him. Um, Cause I knew he wanted that matchup. But, you know, we are real confident in Reggie when it's in the game time to make a big time shot. And he's pulled through a numerous amount of times for us. I got a question about yours and Reggie's relationship. He's he seems like he's he could be best friends with anyone on that team. I, I think even when Xavier Moon got called up, he was like his vibe guy. And they se seemed like buds like from day one. What's your relationship like with Reggie? And what kind of guy is he like in that locker room? Um, me and Reggie are real close. Um, you know, in the bubble, we hung out a lot um, when we were in the bubble. And just ever since then, we've been cool and real close. So I'm real close to Reggie. Um, he's one of the best teammates I've, I've had so far. So, um, yeah, you know, he's a great guy in the locker room, always has positive energy. You know, everybody knows Reggie's always positive and trying to make the next guy better. His, his vibes are just immaculate. Whenever the Clippers get a home win and he's dancing to California love after the game, like, being at the games and seeing it, just seeing it on TV too. It's so fun. It just brings like, cause that's what basketball is at the end of the day. It's just about having fun. So yeah. you see him having that every single game. And so I'm excited about with John Wall too, because we 
We know John Wall can sometimes dance too. So we're, lo- we're looking forward to see the vibes with the team this yeah, year. Vibes, the vibes are definitely going to be there all year. <laughs> love it. Love it. And then um, uh, speaking of vibes, you lose uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, who felt like he was he felt like he was the engine for your guys' uh, bench unit. And there was, I feel like there was a clear um, chemistry between you, him, and Luke Kennard specifically. I think all you guys had really complimenting game styles. Like he's guy up top initiating the offense. Uh, he can roll. He can hit the floater. Luke's off the um, chase, off the ball threat, catch and shoot. And then you're, a little bit of everything in between uh garbage man can like do the dirty work, but also can shoot cut and do all that. What's his loss going to be like going into next season for you? Um, It's definitely going to be different. Uh, I'm sure we definitely won't play the same, obviously, because we don't have him. So our second unit won't be, you know, initiate him, initiate anyone at the top, initiating an offense almost um, unless we find a guy who, who who's just as good, but, uh, that that crew of me, him, and Luke, I'm sad that it's gone because we we had a lot of fun together, you know, playing the three-man game up top. But, um, you know, hopefully that can get, you know, circled back around later on in our future. Who knows? But that was fun. Yeah. that No, that's, that's definitely um, something we would like to see again. Um, he was, like, one of my favorite players to see with you guys. And I want to know, um, outside of the Clippers, who is your favorite player in the NBA currently? Um, I don't have one to be honest. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I was I was gonna say maybe Rondo because I know you um you had his card and yeah. you would bring in your wallet. Do you still have that? And uh, what was it like uh having him as your teammate? Um, it's it's I mean Rondo was I always looked up to Rondo growing up. Um, and then having having him as a teammate after I had his card since seventh grade was crazy. But yeah, I still got it right here. Hey! Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Right on the money. So, yeah, man, just him being able to, you know, help me out in my game too, because he helped me a lot throughout those playoffs. I mean, if it wasn't for him, you know, having me come watch film with him in his room and just chilling with me, making me feel comfortable, um, I probably wouldn't be in a position I am today. So, yeah. I I have to know, like, I f- I feel like people say that he he should be a a coach once he retires, like how crazy is his, his basketball mind? Like when you talk to him and you get to interact with him. Yes. It's easily the most advanced mind I've ever been a part of um, and been ever been able to pick. I mean, his mind's crazy. He's always making reads, always thinking about the next move. He's always two steps ahead. And that's what's made him a, you know, Hall of Fame point guard. Hey, that was a great answer though. They're not a clipper. They don't matter. You don't have to have a favorite player. They're not a clipper. They don't exist. I don't care. All my favorite, <laughs> players, all my favorite players are guys who went to Florida State, really. So Scotty Barnes, Pat Williams, Devin Vassell, Jonathan Isaac, Fiondu. Uh, those guys are yeah. all my favorite players. To close this off, I want to know what are you most looking forward to this coming season, and what are some goals you have? Um. I mean, the goals I have is probably to be the best team in the league. Like, I want to be, at the end of the power rankings, number one. That's definitely one of the goals I have. And I'm just looking forward to all of it, man. Just, I think, mainly seeing how we gel together, seeing how we play together. Um, We currently don't have a backup center, so we're going to be playing a lot of small ball. Uh, So just being able to see how that works. And I think, you know, if it works really well, I want to say this could be a game-changing type of thing for the NBA. Um, especially if it works well for us.
Yeah, no, it, it's going to be really interesting for sure. Cause that the team's loaded. There's a ton of talent. So e- even like guys that may not play like Amir coffee, Brandon, Boston, even Jason Preston was showing some flash uh, in the summer league. You guys are going to have so many guys in case people don't play. Yeah. All, I mean, all the guys who aren't playing are definitely on any other team, either a role player or a starter. starter. So, you know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Terrence, uh, thank you again for joining us again. We really appreciate your time. I know off season stuff could be really busy and stuff. I know we're on different coasts, but we really appreciate it. Um, good luck next season. We'll be cheering for you. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank You're you. the best Terrence. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Having me, no problem. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. And as always go clips.